Welcome back to Seven Seconds or More. It is Peter today. No, no, Garrett or Duncan is very busy as a student right now, and you know, I it's tough to find time to sit down. But we do have a guest here. We'll co-host action for the day. We'll upgrade. Ooh. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? You doing well? Yeah, I'm good. Just enjoying the playoffs. You know, just finishing out the semester. Trying to trying to stay afloat in this busy time. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I feel that, and you don't even have the the graduation thing hanging over your head like we do. That's true. Yep. Yeah, your your time will come. Don't worry. Live it up for now. We'll do. We'll start uh, as usual with some housekeeping. So again, follow what we're doing in between episodes on Instagram at Seven Seconds or More. Dan, thank you again for helping run that Instagram account and also TikTok that is um, not under seven seconds or more. That's at Peter underscore Howarth. And again, you can find the link to that, both of those in this and every episode description. Um, I don't know if you saw, I had a, a TikTok that sort of sort of blew up 45,000 views. Oh, really? Which one yeah. was that? Well, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a little commentary on, on, how people wanted to trade them before and that that sort of changed as they have uh the team has taken off and they have accelerated in their development into all-star players yeah it, it did very well very surprising good good for the brand yep of course and again just reminding everyone to hit that notification bell on spotify and wherever you listen to your podcast to be notified whenever we drop a new episode because we're very sporadic and do not record them at the same time. Um, also on Spotify, listen to us there so you can answer our Q&A and poll that we do for every episode. And we're actually gonna read out last week's uh, answers. So last week's poll, this was um, still while the first round was going on, it's still going on now, right at the end, but this was what will the final result of the Nets Celtics series? At the time, the Celtics were up 2-0 going back to Brooklyn, so no one really knew what was going to happen. But we had six votes, and they were all the same. Oh. do you, What do you think the result was, Dan? I'd probably guess 4-2 Celtics. 4-1 was what oh. everyone voted. Okay. And even that maybe seemed like, like an overreaction. But hey, 4-0. I would, I would not have guessed. Get guessed. the brooms out. Yep. Yeah, get the brooms out. Sweep it out. Sweep Brooklyn to uh, to Cancun. Um, and then last week's uh, Q&A, it was a, who is the greatest point guard of all time? Um, I didn't think it was much of a debate. Um, my answer would be Magic Johnson. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. It's, I don't yeah. think there's a lot of question, but we, we had two, uh, two responses. Uh, Duncan the French said, Steph is the greatest shooter. Magic is the best overall point guard. Uh, I can't say I disagree. That's fair said. And then uh, Spencer Walker, he said, not the GOAT, but love talking about Gary Payton as the best defensive point guard. Nine Mm -hmm. all-defensive first teams and a defensive player of the year while posting some impressive offensive stats. Who in today's game does that? It's a good point. We've seen top-level defenders at the guard position. Um, Marcus Smart, obviously, the most recent example. But none that would um, 
A, make all defensive team, first team, like nine times, and also be an all-star level player. Mm-hmm. Kobe, um, he made offensive teams. Obviously, he made like yeah. 17 all-star games. Um, shooting guard, though, not a point guard like like Peyton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is uh, somewhat unprecedented. And granted, he played, boy, now like 30 years ago. But, you know, he played a little bit ago. But not too long ago, and that was in a more physical time without the hand check rules that were implemented in 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. You hear players talk about it all the time. I'd be interested to see Gary Payton played in today's NBA. He'd have to play a little differently. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was a prolific three point shooter. Again, Marcus Smart, I wouldn't call him prolific either. Mm-hmm. Like Tiggy, um, though. Yep. Hey, he. One thing I always say about Marcus Smart: he shoots them with confidence. <laughs> they do not always go in. Can't fault his confidence. Cannot. He goes ready. He is. He is ready to fire. Uh, and one last little bit of housekeeping. Um, I was watching the TNT broadcast of Nuggets Warriors Game Five, and they mentioned that no MVP has ever gotten swept in the first round, and only five MVPs have lost in the first round. Oh. Um, and if we want to say Nikola Jokic is probably the odds-on favorite to win MVP, which would be a second uh, second in a row. I don't count it as a blemish on Jokic's uh, career, his accolades, however you want to track him historically, but I think it's just interesting to note. Yeah. yeah. He's been fantastic in the series. Yeah, it's no fault of his own. I mean, he had, didn't he have like 19 rebounds the other night? Yeah, he was... What stopped him was that foul trouble towards the end, but up until then, he was fine. He was doing great. No fault of Jokic, and he is doing this without the his two other best players, Jamal Murray, who's a max guy, Michael Porter yeah. Jr. I believe they gave him, if not a max, a near max extension yeah. um, for a guy who hasn't played that many games in the NBA. Um, granted, those are good players. I think... They, I mean, they avoided the play-in without them, and that's just a big testament to Jokic. I think that needs to be something to uh, be noted. Definitely. And actually, upon research, there's only one MVP ever who has never made the playoffs. Do you do you know who that is? Or venture again? MVP. Hmm. I'll give you like a hint. It's sort of like a weird anomaly. This MVP switched teams. And in their first season with a new team, they didn't make it. So it could have been like, wasn't gelled with the team yet. Mm. Stuff like that. I honestly don't even know. Like, I don't even have a guess. It, I, 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 this one. I would not have known it either. Um, this was in 19... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, 19. Uh, 1975, 76 season. Kareem. Oh. Kareem, the... Oh arguably the greatest basketball player ever like basketball in general with his high school career his college career ucla mm-hmm. yeah didn't make the playoffs first year in la um i also just thought this was interesting because this is a i think i've said this on the podcast before every mvp ever um that has is retired um so obviously like lebron's still playing he'll make the hall of fame but he's not yeah. in the hall of fame um, every MVP winner has made it in the Hall of Fame, which is incredible. It shows you how unspooky the award is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Derrick Rose probably end that streak. 
um, too bad. Were you a big D Rose fan growing up? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No, not not particularly. Were you? I mean, uh, well, they they had that was when the Celtics were at the peak with KG mm. and Pearson, Ray and Rondo, yeah, Big Perk. Uh, <laughs> so they had some battles in two thousand nine. That was Derrick Rose's rookie year. Mm-hmm. They had a crazy first round series. I was always scared when we went up against Derrick Rose because he was that guy, a one man wrecking crew that could end yeah. everything. Um, then, you know, Jokey Noah was a force down low. He won mm-hmm. the player of the year, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he was He was, He was. was like um, one of the best passing centers before in this that sort of older generation. So it was Jokic before Jokic? Well, I'd say Marcus Saul is more like oh, Jokic before Jokic. Okay. Or, or maybe probably Pau, actually. Marcus Saul is a little better mm. defensively. We're actually going to talk yeah. about Pau Gasol later. A um, mm. little, little prelude. So let's just get into our, our main topic for today. We're not going to talk too much just reactionary. It'll probably come up naturally in once we get to our topic. We're going to go over our all first round teams. This is something I think should happen anyways. In baseball, there's like ALCS MVPs and awards that go out for best performers or given rounds. Yep. And I think this would be something cool. It'd be a good way also just to easily look back in terms of history and be like, oh, wow, this guy was, you know, one of the best players in the league um, consistently in mm-hmm. the division finals, which is, you know, a hard, hard stage, big stage to be For on. Sure. Um, what do you think? Do you think this is something the league should implement moving forward? Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to look at, I think. Yeah. There'd definitely be some flukes there. That's true. Um, Especially with some of this stuff. I don't think we have any fluke picks because there's just a really high level of of talent. And in order Mm -hmm. to make it out of the first round, you got to, the big guys need to perform. Yeah. So I'll I'll actually let you go first, Dan, as as the guests. And, you know, you can just go through the guys. Again, we're going to do like two guards, two forwards, a center. Little loose with guard, forward, center, you know, is a center. Um, So, yeah, curious to see who you picked. Yeah, so for my first team, I took Chris Paul and Jalen Brunson as my first two guards. And then for my forwards, I'm taking Jason Tatum, Giannis, and then the center, it's got to be Jokic. I, I, I like the picks. Um, yeah. I, I actually had the same the same five, oddly enough. I, I wasn't sure if Jalen Brunson would get the love because he's not, you know, he's not one of those guys that we think of. Yeah. I'd be on a team like this, but uh, what did Brunson do in the first round that really stood out to you? Brunson, I think the question with Brunson um, in terms of his contract and how he was going to get paid was always like, is he the difference maker for the Mavs that can propel them to be, to make a late playoff run or even contend for the championship? And although I don't, I still don't know if he is that player right now, I think he certainly proved in this series that he is much more valuable than people were giving him credit for. Um, he's taken massive steps to improve. Um, yeah, he dropped 41 in that game too after taking the game one loss. And I think those last five minutes of that game, they were actually running the same plays that the Clippers were running against the, the Jazz to beat them last year, which was just driving into the paint and kicking it out to the corner or the wing like a Dorian Finney-Smith, who's 
a great player or much improved uh, three-point shooter as well. Yep. He got paid. He got his big extension, but Brunson yeah. didn't. Something to, to Tim, uh, I believe Tim McMahon is who wrote a, a great piece for ESPN.com how Brunson didn't want to really deal with uh, negotiation midway through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he'll have a couple suitors. Obviously, I presume Dallas would want to bring him back, but see, I don't know how they are luxury tax-wise. I think they're not quite at that threshold, but they'd have to pay a lot of money for a guy who they've they've loved and used in the same draft class as Luca. Yeah, I mean, if the Mavs aren't going to pay them, I'm sure there's a whole host of teams that are going to match that. Like, the Pacers have a ton of cap space, so I could definitely see that. Yeah. Pacers Detroit is one that was discussed mm-hmm. as they would kind of use him in the same way Dallas does as a uh, a smaller guard to complement that bigger guard in Cade. Um, and from all I hear, I presume Brunson would be a great locker room guy, a guy who knows how to win and bring that to a For young sure. team. Yep. And then the, the New York connection is there. Um, Leon Rose, who's running the Knicks, um, formerly of CAA, used to be Brunson's agent. Oh, now, really? Rose's son is Brunson's agent. Uh, I, I forget his first name. I feel like Tim Rose. I, I might be making that up. So there's a connection there. Um, and I think they need a, a long-term answer point guard. The Knicks, they have okay. for as long as I can remember. They've yeah. been going through their guys. You know, Raymond Felton. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Alfred Payton. Yeah, I, I, I pulled out the Raymond Felton for you, Dan. I thought you'd appreciate <laughs> that one. I just remember him on the Thunder, I think it was. I don't really remember him on the Knicks. He was, yeah. I believe he ended up playing way too much for those Thunder teams that were really lacking depth around Russ and, Russ and Kevin. Yeah. But a lot of this stuff with Brunson was without Luka. Luka, was he out for games one through three? Yeah, I believe it was one through three. It is. Yeah. And Brunson had to be the man against... Um, you know, going up against Rudy Gobert in the paint. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, do you think this series, another disappointing loss for Utah, do you think they have to reshuffle things? Because I don't think they can run back the same group. Uh, they're, they've, they're kind of stuck in mud. They need to change something up. Yeah, I mean, they've it's been years and years of just disappointment. Um, after having pretty good regular seasons, I mean, last year they were the one seed. And I think at this point, they're kind of just fed up with each other. And I think last night was probably the last time we're going to see Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert share the court together as teammates. So you think they're not going to they're not gonna try to – well, they probably will still reshuffle those ancillary pieces, the, the Bogdanoviches, yep. the Royce O'Neals, uh, the Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Eric Pascals. Do you think so? You think they're breaking up Mitchell and Gobert, and and if so, which I presume you you want to try to build around Donovan Mitchell, unless I'm wrong, just blow the whole thing up. Maybe both are out of town. Ooh, I, see, I've I've always been of the opinion that um, Gobert is probably their best player, but in terms okay. of building around them, yeah, it's my hot take. Wow, just dropping it right here. Um. 16-minute yeah. mark, dropping the hot tape. I, I think it would be easier to build around Donovan Mitchell just because I mean, he's a guard. And um, in terms of marketability, too, I think the Jazz would rather hold on to him. 
But I think the main concern with Donovan Mitchell is that in late game situations, his decision making gets exposed. Um, he makes a lot of clumsy plays in those tight situations. And I honestly think that he would benefit from playing next to kind of being like the Robin to the Batman of being like being, being a second banana. Yeah. Having a superstar next to him that can take over those types of situations. I think he would benefit off of that. Yeah. I do wonder if some of that, some of those late game decisions by Mitchell, um, he is a smaller guard. Yeah. I believe he's around six, one, six, six, one to six, three, as I'd probably consider him a shooting guard more than a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a smaller shooting guard can excel, um, at that position, because we've seen some some bigger shooting guards. I mean, Desmond Bain is is if he's not taller, he's wider. Uh, yeah. Jalen Brown, he's you know around the six five to six six range. Zach Levine is more like six five. Uh, Bradley Beal, he's six three, but he's he's I think he's a little beefier than Donovan uh, yeah. Mitchell. And not that Bradley Beal has succeeded playoff wise, but I, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do. Uh, especially because Danny Ainge was brought in. Uh, we all know Danny Ainge is someone who will trade trade their yeah. guys, and he doesn't have any legions to them. He didn't draft him, and not that that would matter. Mm-hmm. We've seen him cut ties with stuff. I mean, he traded Isaiah Thomas after you know, a great run in Boston where yep. he really bonded with the city, and, and I'm sure he's beloved by teammates. So I, I, I honestly would think you'd also build around Don, but – this could be the off season where Don says, I don't want to be in Utah anymore. I've mm-hmm. seen him like tweets where yeah. these Utah fans maybe aren't the most supportive of, of him leading a team there in, in Salt Lake City. And we, we all know there's been some, some Knicks stuff. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know Don's a Mets fan, so mm-hmm. he'd be repping the same blue and orange. I think his dad works for the, Met, the Mets as well. Really? I did yeah, not know that, if, I if that's the that. case. Um, then again, with with the Knicks, would he be a point guard? Would they would they bring him in that on-ball role like the Pelicans have with C.J. McCollum? A little similar role. And then how much are you willing to sacrifice? Because I think you want to try to build around R.J. Barrett, obviously, yeah, if you're the Knicks. Sure. So who goes? Is that Grimes and Toppin and quickly and picks? How much do you have to give up? Um and while still having a, a team. Because let's say mm-hmm. he, he just goes at, once his contract is over. Mm-hmm. This could be similar to a Carmelo Anthony situation with the Knicks, where they had the hops for each other, but they still jumped the gun, and then they lost all these great pieces that they could have had around him. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is something, um, certainly to monitor, I think Utah will probably be one of the biggest topics of the off season, if not, um, if anything more shakes up in Brooklyn For with, sure. with Ben Simmons and some of those, my favorite word, ancillary, <laughs> become a free agent, Nick Claxton, restricted free agent, mm-hmm. uh, Patty Mills with a player option, um, Andre Drummond, unrestricted free agent, Goran Dragic, unrestricted free agent. Uh, Chris Paul, um, before, uh, before last night's game, I mm-hmm. made these lists, uh, my, my team, yesterday afternoon. I was looking at the stats between him and Steph. Steph obviously had come off the bench for the first four games. They put him yep. in that, quote, death lineup mm-hmm. to start game five. 
and their, their stats were pretty similar. And there were a couple um, advanced stats that separate each one from the other. Curry had sure. higher PER um, and a true shooting percentage, mm -hmm. usage percentage, and box plus minus. So basically, Curry was just when he was out there, his teammates performed better. Yep. And uh, that had to do with his high efficiency and keeping the ball in his hands. Um, but a lot of those same things could be applied to Chris Paul. We know how he is the point god, how yep. everything revolves around him. And because he had a higher assist percentage, uh, he had a lower turnover percentage and higher win shape. So he is the master of setting teammates up and turning that into winning plays. And I think we saw a lot of that last night. We had yeah. Devin Booker who got to a slow start. First of all, I don't know how he returned from that injury so fast. I was expecting the next game. I didn't think they would break him out today or last night. Well, they said he's going to test the hamstring in warm-ups, and then boom, yeah. he's playing, I don't know how many minutes he played, but damn near 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, Clark shot, too, uh, over uh, – who is that over? Is that over – Got the three uh, on the wing? Yeah, the three on the wing, the left wing. Yeah. Is that over Herb? Well, Herb probably would have been on Chris. Maybe it was over like Trey Murphy. Um, by the way, hand in the face, gets the ball in the shooting pocket right up, puts it straight That's up. There's no years. doubt. Wet like a book. Wet like a book. To quote, quote Jake. Uh, book uh, didn't play enough to make uh, make these teams. Agreed. But, and then I made a second team. Um, I understand you did as well. Uh, a little more uh, – I made a second team just for the – because of how many games and teams there are in the first round. You know, mm -hmm. Some guys got slighted, and I thought, why not? I mean, there's no harm in making it. Yeah, that's um, true. So my second team, there's still a little bit – the guard thing is, is a real question mark for me. So I have Steph locked in at the first guard. And then I have Jaw. That's the one. We'll see how they do tonight against yeah. Minnesota in Minnesota. Hostile crowd, uh, winner go home game there for Minnesota, and then forward spot I got Brandon Ingram and Jimmy Butler, and then the center sure. spot I have DeAndre Ayton. There was yeah. not a lot of question about those last three. Definitely, obviously Jimmy missed game. That was game five, I believe, for them because Atlanta yeah. won one yeah. game, and they they won without him. But his advanced stats were crazy. Um, his his winning shares per 48, I believe, were, were best by, by a country mile. Mm -hmm. And his two-way impact um, can't be overlooked. He he turns it up in the playoffs, uh, and the guy knows how to win on both ends of the court. And I love, I love watching Jimmy Butler play. Um, it can be painful <laughs> sometimes. The Celtics, yeah. whenever they play Miami, it's, it's not fun. It's uh, I know it's going to be a grind, and that Jimmy and Tyler Harrow probably hit some big shots. But DeAndre Ayton, is that someone you would have thought of that would play well coming in this first round, or did you expect it to be more of a guy we think would be in this conversation, a Rudy Gobert, a Carl Anthony mm. Towns? Yeah, I mean, when you put it up against those guys, I wouldn't expect DeAndre Ayton to be here. But, um, I mean, he showed... He showed last year during the playoffs that he could be that guy. Um, he's comfortable taking shots in the mid-range. He's comfortable operating there. I mean, um, and he has a good understanding with Chris Paul. And, I mean, I think a lot of that is down to Chris Paul being who he is. But I think Aiton has done a lot to step up, especially against 
what was a difficult series against the Pelicans. You're up against a vet like Jonas Valanciunas. Um, yeah, I think he's done a great job, and he definitely deserves this place. Jonas been around the block. He's played a lot of playoff games in different environments up there yeah. in Toronto, obviously. And then he was uh, he had his little time in the sun. Well, not really in the sun, but he had his time with the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And now, now he's on his third team after spending most of his career with Toronto. And Valanciunas has been great. Um, yeah. He's been a great, just solid, big guy down low. Who um who who's able to get his and and sort of play well? He only played twenty seven minutes last night though. Only three fouls too, so that wasn't mm. really a storyline for him. Yeah. He's five seven, eight rebounds, four assists. Nothing crazy for Valanciunas. I think mm. they they played a little smaller. Um, obviously you could play Hayes down there. Larry Nance has been really good for them. I'll play. Yeah, they've been using him great. Yeah. He's a great energy guy. Um. Uh, a little smaller can can probably hang with with the Jay Crowders, the Cam Johnsons a little better. Sure. With Aiton, he he's a guy who's a number one pick, number one overall pick, who doesn't really get the criticism being a number yeah. one overall pick. He sort of goes in and gets his, and and moves on. And and if he contributes above that sort of third level stuff, then it, it's all it's, it's all gravy. Yeah. And he did so playing big minutes, big role last night. 40 minutes for Aiden, 22 points on 10 of 12. That efficiency for a sort of back-to-the-basket type center yeah. is, is what you would want. Uh, seven rebounds, uh, four assists uh, on four fouls. But 40 minutes for a center, that's a lot, especially that is... the that Suns the whole Pelican series has been very chippy, very physical. and. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes, only four fouls. I think that is something to monitor moving forward. I think if you can rely on Aiden that far in playoff games and be able to get him the ball and him to get good looks, just another dimension that Phoenix will need will uh, while recovering from Booker's injury and just trying to figure out where some of these other minutes lie. I mean, Yombo played five yeah. minutes. McGee played three. If you combine those three guys up, that's 48 minutes. Um, I'd yeah. have to look at advanced stats, but that just could be straight up all the center minutes mm-hmm. for the Suns. Yeah. But Devin Booker coming back from from a hamstring injury, I had read that he's had history with recovering and dealing with hamstring mm-hmm. injuries, but that's still tough. Yeah, hammies are no joke. Nothing to be uh, loose with. Leg injuries always give me give me scares. Uh, probably the foot injury on a center is, is oh, something yeah. that. It's a little more scary, like uh, like a Zion actually. Yeah. Um, who we won't get into this, but it is worth noting that he said he will sign that extension there you go. for the Pelicans. I don't know if it's pandering. Um, I've we've all heard players say they want to resign and then they don't. Yeah. Okay. Or they resign and then the next year they say I want out, like a Paul George. I think it would, it would be crazy for him to leave that situation. Well, it's all setting up to be to be pretty uh, pretty yeah. gravy for them. I understand if he had some trepidation when the team was was Josh Hart and an injured Brandon Ingram and then Jackson yeah. Hayes, Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham. Not certainly not <laughs> promising. But yeah. they still have a stable of picks moving forward from from the Lakers in the Anthony Davis trade and the Bucks in the Drew Holiday trade. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of assets moving forward. They need they didn't even really give up that much for CJ. Yeah. 
So I do wonder if they'll bring in another guy. Um, honestly, I just try to plug Zion into that group and see what I see what I have. What what is there a type of player do you think that they would need if it wasn't Zion, that would slot right into that setup? I would have to look at Valanciunas' contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what he does at center for them. I don't need too much. Just a sort of big body who can bang in the playoffs and get some rebounds, set yep. some hard screens, and he can stretch the floor a little bit if they need to. Only one three-point attempt last night, 0 for 1. Mm. I don't know what it is, because I think you have a lot of great young young pieces. I probably want a better backup point guard than Devontae Graham. Yeah, definitely. Someone who can initiate if you can play him maybe next to CJ. Um, again, I, I'd have to think about it more. Honestly, like a, like a Derek White would have been good for this team. Mm-hmm. I like having like a, a bigger table setter point guard as a sort of contrast to CJ. Um, Dejounte Murray is a little overqualified for that role. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, I was just trying to think of guys who might be available. Murray could mm-hmm. be a guy, uh, depending on if he really fits in that San Antonio timetable. Maybe Shea is a guy mm-hmm. you can look at. Oh yeah. Um, granted, he'd, he'd be in a bigger role. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Another long uh, sort of defender type, um, great playmaker who can get downhill. You imagine him throwing lobs to Zion, setting up mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram. Oh, she would be perfect in that role. Yeah. It's a shame that you had to trade Nock because then he could play with his cousin. Their cousin oh, yeah, Nikhil. Right? Yeah, Nikhil yeah. And, and Shea. He's not even getting minutes in Utah, I don't think, at all, ever since he was traded. No, not really. Uh, he, he'd play five, seven minutes, maybe in a blowout yeah. in either direction, but he's really one of the only young guys they the Jazz have, and they didn't really give him a shot. So mm-hmm. maybe he'll be a part of a trade if some other team values him, but that'll be uh, something to monitor. Again, moving forward for Utah. But the, uh, the Jaw versus Jordan Poole one, that was sort of my other guy. I couldn't give the Jordan Poole, who had eight points in a game five uh, yeah. against Denver. Granted, Steph was inserted back in that starting lineup, but Poole played mm-hmm. 20 minutes. I just couldn't do it. Again, certainly, Jaw, maybe his his percentages are down to what you'd expect out of uh, an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. But this is something I noticed watching the Minnesota-Memphis games. I'm not sure if you did as well. But for teams that are as young as they are, there's as many dynamic players you can run the floor and create such highlight reel plays like Ja and Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. It was a real slow-down, grindy, half-court battle with a lot of chippiness both ways. Yeah. Physical game. You think that's Patrick Beverly sort of orchestrating all that, or I know those Memphis guys—they don't back, they don't really back away from any battle. Grit and grind. Mm. Well, that identity is a little past them. <laughs> do they have a nickname? These Grizzlies? Do they have a a thing? I know they always oh. talk about how much they're a family. Um, maybe maybe Brother Bear. Everyone's favorite childhood Disney movie, Brother Bear. Brother Bear. Shout out, Brother Bear. Ah, shout out, Brother Bear. Come out on the pod. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> want Brother Bear on the pod. Yeah. I'm, honestly, does, does Desmond Bain have a nickname? Desmond Bain. 
If he doesn't, I'm so. calling him Brother Bear. Let me see. I'm sure there's a, the Block Panther. A Block? I mean, <laughs> that's really good. I've never heard anyone use it. That's a wasted opportunity. A Block Panther. Okay. No, this was just some random website that had it. I, I don't think I could... Basketball Reference yeah. keeps um, nicknames on their site. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I'll just do a quick, quick check over there. Desmond Bain. He is not listed as having a nickname. Oh. Desmond Michael Bain. I think Bain's the perfect last name to uh, have a nickname, though. You would think. You would think. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm wrong. I'm but sure it'll come now, soon. Brother Bear. I'm making it Brother happen. Bear. Let's push this. I'm going to push Brother Bear. going to push the initiative. What do you think about Jordan Poole? Um, obviously, he is someone who some people thought he was snubbed from the most improved player mm. conversation. That was partially because he spent some time with the Santa Cruz Warriors in the G League. Yeah. So that was a huge come up for the role he's played this year. But... um. Uh, yeah. Certainly, what he's had to do this year is um, filling in for Clay, and then just being really their top guy off the bench. That's part of why Golden State is really one of the title favorites at the moment. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows he's improved massively, and um, I think watching him in the beginning of the season, he was—I got the feeling that he was very erratic, kind of unpredictable. He was—he was just what a young player would do, and then I think. As we got past like the December point, his game was maturing so much, and all those uh, sloppy plays, those lazy plays that he would make, those were slowly just going down. And I think that coincided with like the return of the vets, like Draymond. Draymond had an injury. Clay was injured. Steph was obviously hurt, and like, he's in the perfect environment to kind of learn and just grow as a player. And these are great leaders that he's playing with and great coaching system, great culture, and just a great system overall. It's hard to get uh, drafted in really a better situation than Jordan Poole is. And maybe my favorite part is that he has kept his personality. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you, you hate when a guy gets drafted and then um, just a thing that come to mind to be drafted by the New England Patriots and sort of get the life sucked out of you a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Golden State, they, they play uh, a, little, a little flashier with a little more fun, and it leads to results. So there's nothing you can really say about it. Do you have them, let's say Booker is now, quote, fully healthy. Um, do you still have Phoenix as probably the favorite in the West or the way Golden State has been playing uh, – uh, and they'll be lined up against Memphis, who mm. I would probably yeah. give Golden State the edge there. Yeah. What do you think of that? I would, I I would have to take the Warriors to go to the finals out of the West over Phoenix. Phoenix over would Phoenix. have the home court advantage in a seven game series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I'd still have to take the Warriors just because. I think it's mostly about experience, um, and you just you just can't count out. Steph, Clay, Draymond, even though you have Chris Paul and like a vet like Jay Crowder on the other end, and Book has Book. JaVale McGee, can't forget. JaVale, yeah. Proven winner with the Warriors. 
I think the only concern for the Warriors is like how they would match up against like DeAndre Ayton. He's they showed in the Nuggets series that they rolled against just bigger players, guys with bigger frame, like an Aaron Gordon. Even though Aaron Gordon isn't like particularly great at anything, he's he was still able to play more physically in those final two games of the series, and the Warriors definitely struggled with that. And Kevon Looney's a guy like um, he's just a very traditional playoff big who can yeah. play 25, 30 minutes, be somewhat productive. But I, this might be a different conversation if James Wiseman was a factor. Yeah. And I, I, I am curious on if this will be end up being a big whiff for Golden State. Obviously, he'd be a, a big part of that younger core they had moving forward with, with Moody, mm-hmm. Kaminga, Poole, uh, and obviously Wiseman. But there were there are obviously options. They could have taken Lamelo Ball as the, granted he'd be another guy who needs the ball in his hands to make yeah. plays. Um, trying to think who went after those were the top three. <laughs> I am in. I cannot think yeah, at the moment. That that'd be the twenty twenty NBA draft. I am. My mind is. Blank. Pat Williams was number four. Pat Williams, he'd be a, a, a guy, a bigger guy. They don't, he'd probably he'd play, be in a Kaminga-like role for them. Probably oh. more minutes in Kaminga. And you have Onyeka Okongwu, who's been great for the... Okongwu guy I loved yeah. um, coming out of USC. In addition, they could have potentially traded back to a team that wanted Wiseman. I picked up another asset and... and Okung has really been a plug and play center. He's even that. displaced Clint Capella to some extent. I, I'd rather play him over Capella. I mean, I know what Capella gives me. Um, Capella's not on a huge deal. He mm-hmm. could get moved if Atlanta wants to shake things up. Atlanta's a team, I another very interesting team for the offseason because they yeah. have a lot of his mid range salaries that are decent players yeah. that he could move for a guy. Obviously, they're rumored to Ben Simmons. So I think they'll try to make a splash, try to bring in a $35 million guy so yeah. they can move some combination of Bogdanovich, Gallinari. Um, the, a lot of wing depth there. Kevin Herter, uh, Capella, uh, you know, DeLon, right? They have a lot of guys making that, anywhere from that like eight to, to 20 million, to, which is very useful for matching salaries. Not a lot of yeah. the other teams can match salaries while also providing value mm-hmm. so did you uh did you ever figure out your your guard spot would you put jaw in there or is that for a tbd i think it's tbd um i would my clay bias aside maybe i'll just put in clay thompson clay you'd put clay in over pool Ooh. Granted, I think Clay is like a shooting guard. Granted, he played the three when Poole was put in that starting mm-hmm. line. I consider him more of a shooting guard. Yeah. I guess I'll keep it open. But I had what I differed from yours was I just put in Mikhail Bridges. And I put okay. I just put in Butler at, in the guard slot. Okay, so a little bit of cheating. <laughs> I, I actually looked. Basketball reference has a great tool where you can see 
the minutes, minutes yeah. like played a position. So Jimmy Butler used to be a shooting guard with with the Bulls, and he yeah. when his one season in Minnesota, he played more of a shooting guard next to Andrew Wiggins and Jeff Teague. What a forgotten team, by the way. Yeah, he was he was their their orchestrator, <laughs> their, their legend, their point god. Hey, Celtics legend. Oh, really? Last year, yeah, he was on the team. <laughs> then we cut him, and he signed with the Bucks and won a chip. So maybe we should have kept him. Was our missing piece? <clears throat> yeah, yeah Macau was a guy who obviously never missed a game in his college, collegiate or professional career. He played forty-four minutes uh, last night. Uh, yeah, eighteen points, uh, seven of twelve. Obviously, his game five was unbelievable. Yeah, like he had thirty something. I can't even remember. Thirty-one, uh, I think. Thirty-one crazy amount of steals. Four for he'll four. Be, three. He'll be all defensive first team. Um, he's making a pretty decent contract too. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe twenty million a year at the most, but that's obviously a price willing to pay. My only thing with him is I couldn't put a third son. Yeah, on these no, teams, considering fair. they played six games and they're the number one seed. Yeah. It that's just fair. felt wrong. Yeah. I couldn't do it. One guy I wanted to sneak on the you know the second team somewhere was Al Horford. Um, mm. He was just a beast. Um, but he wasn't better than Aiton, and, and he was a center. Yeah. Um, but shout out Horford for what he was able to do at his age. Go Al. Yeah. Go Al. Um, and that's actually something we're going to get into sort of around the way the teams that are succeeding right now, why they are succeeding and how that comes from roster development and the things that these smart front offices and smart teams are doing to, to use their assets the best and create a roster that can win now and sort of sustain that. Yep. More of that coming after the break. So coming back from the break, Again, we're going to look at why playoff teams succeed, and obviously this would be some of the top teams left in in the playoffs, so coming into the second round here. One thing I noticed is that a lot of it is homegrown talent and drafting and developing well. Now, a lot of that helps when you have picks at the top of the draft. Uh, yep. The Grizzlies, uh, John Morant went second. Uh, I believe Jaron Jackson Jr. went third. Um, for the Suns, uh, Booker, he was a late lottery, and then DeAndre Aiden was number mm-hmm. one. Uh, for the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum both went third. Um, so, so obviously that helps a lot, but it's really all the pieces around because what I've, what, I mean, we, we both know this, we follow the league. Some of the teams that flame out are because they think they can be based solely around stars and that they'll figure it out with veteran minimum contracts, but it doesn't work out. And yeah. that's not all on these veteran minimums. Obviously, there's only so much talent you can get. Mm-hmm. Guys willing to sign those minimum deals, but sometimes the stars don't work out playing playing with each other. I mean, the Nets saw it, and it's ironic because the Nets had a good roster construction. Yeah, Everyone was lauding them for how you put a super team together that doesn't sacrifice your assets. Mm-hmm. And also has pieces that can work now and in the future if, say, one of these guys leaves because it's very hard to predict um, top player start moving in the league. I mean, the Nets, they had, just looking at the Green Harden trade, they traded Jared Allen, 
Karis Levert, uh, Torian Prince, uh, Kuruks, three first-round picks, and four pick swaps. Hmm. Looking, I mean, looking at what that could get you today, Jared Allen is an all-star player and a guy who you could sure. turn in the playoffs that maybe Andre Drummond wasn't and, yeah. and Nicholas Claxton wasn't in terms of free-throw shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was incredible. That was, that was painful to watch. Was that 0 for 9 to start a playoff game? That was nuts. He broke Shaquille O'Neal's record. I think he was bad. Like I had watched Claxton shoot before, but and his form wasn't even bad. Like it was somewhat smooth. It wasn't like Jokey Mm -hmm. Noah up there. (laughs) We've all seen Jokey Noah shoot the two hand, just sort of flinging the ball, see where it goes. Hey, if we end up posting this with a video format, you can see me recreate Jokey (laughs) Noah's free throw form. This has to go on. I I sure hope it does. And and another one, the Bubble Lakers. Say what you want that they that was quote in the bubble. They won a championship. Yeah. Now all those teams came in and they had to beat, you know, and make through all those rounds and eventually win a chip. And I know there are players like um, I believe it was Paul George and the Clippers that said they didn't even want to be there for for multiple reasons and that the bubble was very hard. Mm-hmm. But they won a championship. Um, some people think it should be worth less. Some people think it should be worth even more. I know JJ Reddick said he has the utmost respect for anyone who played well in that these last two seasons, really, for mm-hmm. how difficult the conditions have been in isolating and playing without fans, not being able to visit family at times. Yeah, and I think it's mostly just fans that are like not giving credit to the Lakers for that championship run. I mean, all the players, like you said, JJ Reddick, they all know how difficult it is, and um, I'm sure they acknowledge what like a huge feat that was for the Lakers. Do you think if the Heat won, do you think this would be a similar thing? We'd be saying, oh, Tyler Harrow got hot. Jimmy Butler carried them. They're not a real team. They're, I mean, the Heat are even being knocked right now. They're the number one seed in the East. I don't even think... Disrespectful. I don't think people thought coming in the playoffs they were a top three team in the East. People yeah. probably would have thought Milwaukee, Boston, and Brooklyn were better teams. Yeah. But all, all I see from Miami is they, they keep finding ways to develop players. They get wins. And and a lot of that has to do with Eric Spolstra, who is one mm-hmm. of the best coaches in the league. Sure. But do, do you think that would change, though, if people would, would be calling it a Mickey Mouse ring for the Heat if, if they had won? Or do you think that's just a LeBron thing and people wanting to clown on him and AD and Dwight and Rondo and all those guys? I, I think it's the LeBron thing. Um, people will... People will troll superstars like LeBron just to get attention. I think that's just one of the one of the things that they're using against him. Uh, there's the whole goat debate stuff, so people will use that against him as well. We might get to a goat debate oh. episode. We might have my friend Zach on. I know he talked about wanting to play devil's advocate for both sides. Just to, takes. Just to goat us. Yeah. Um, I mean, say what you want about LeBron and, and having so many final losses. He made eight finals in a row in the modern NBA. Incredible. That was across three different – no, no, not three different teams. Uh, di- two different teams, and and the dude just – he's good enough to wheel his team there, even with some Cavs team center around Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. We're good players. It's quite the team. I, those teams will be 
forever the most impressive. And it took 51 points, I believe, in game one of the 2018, I believe it was the 2018, because that's the JR meme, I believe. And they still lost in overtime. Mm -hmm. That's what it took. Um, And that, that bubble team, they had a really good core of players and that sort of got shambled when when they tried to make that trade for a third star that they thought would mm-hmm. elevate their team in Russell Westbrook. Because they had KCP, Kuzma, Dwight, Caruso, Rondo, Schroeder, JaVale, uh, Morris, Bradley, THT, and Danny Green. Yeah, if you look at some of those other guys, Danny Green um, starts for the 76ers. I know he gets clowned on, but mm-hmm. he's a guy you can you can put in a playoff game. and He's good at what he does. You know what he's going to do. And, and there's a lot of value in being able to plug a guy in and having those expectations. Sure. HT, Bradley, not really anything. Morris, mm-hmm. well, he got kind of like destroyed by yo kicks. <laughs> so he still. Shoving it back. Yeah. That was. Uh, he was out for so long after that. Yeah, like three months, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I will say the new guy hit very hard. He did. No yeah. discredit to him. And <laughs> those Morris brothers are gamers. Yep. Hope he is that jaw and whatever he got hidden is feeling yeah. okay. Speed of recovery. Prayers up. Prayers up. Nothing but love for the Morris brothers, who I still think they could swap for each other in a playoff game. No one would notice. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, they are they have the same tattoos in the same yeah. places. Like Isn't there this whole conspiracy theory that they swapped for like one of the games for Boston? I believe was um well, they played each other in the 2016 playoffs. That was the first round against the Wizards. Isaiah Thomas's sister, right? Um, yeah, uh, he passes away shortly before one of the games, and then Isaiah loses a tooth in game. Um, that was a battle. I think John Wall had a game winner in Washington. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. John Wall, by the way. Yeah, rest in peace. Got that contract, hey, though. He's a great player. Hey, you got the Supermax. Got that bag. And you stop playing basketball, I guess. The dude is... You know, is he he's done? Do you with the Nets. I, well, it depends. If I think if he gets bought out and then he could be a minimum guy chasing a ring hmm. or a mid-level guy. Um, he brings a lot of speed. He's a decent three-point shooter. Sure. He... Um, he was a capable defender. You just haven't seen him play basketball. Yeah. I don't know. What I don't even remember. Yeah. He was a former number one pick out of Kentucky. I mean, he was a big time player coming out of school. Um, would just like to see him out on the court. Yeah. And obviously, going through the rest of the guys, Schroeder, um, you know, he, I mean, he's a real NBA player. Mm-hmm. Rondo, uh, he's playing big time minutes for the Cavs. Caruso, Big part of the Bulls' defensive identity. Yep. Uh, Dwight back on the Lakers. Um, Kuzma, who's a you know a good young wing yep. and a wing defender. Really, any wings are at a premium in the league, especially ones who know how to play both ends of the court and have have some experience in playoff settings. And then KCP, just a very solid veteran, three and D, yep. two to three. You know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, the key thing is, you know, you're getting out of them, and they can complement stars really well. I know yeah. KCP, KCP played very well with LeBron, um, and they, that team had a great identity that their their coach really enhanced in terms of defense. Mm-hmm. 
one thing I will say, I don't want to just talk about the Nets and their collapse. Yeah. Time. As a unbiased Celtics fan. Unbiased. I will, I, I'd like to say I'm somewhat unbiased, but I'm also a Celtics fan. That means being asked on, on everything I say, I guess. But that coach didn't – well, first of all, the team didn't really have an identity. Yeah. The identity was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and it's they went where they took them. But the coach and team didn't have an identity, nor one that could work together and amplify each other. Mm. And that is something that, I mean, with the Celtics. Um, Ime Udoka has a real stoic confidence, and he really implements that onto his players. And you see the way mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown and Horford, in. Grant Williams, Pritchard, it's that quiet confidence that they can go out and execute and, and beat anyone that, that comes in front of them. Yeah. And that might have been part of the reason why they were not afraid to say go against the Nets in the first round when a lot of people were sort mm-hmm. of, you know, that was perceived to be a very tough matchup. And guess what? Now they have home court advantage against Milwaukee here in the second round. We'll see if it comes down to that, if it comes to a game seven in Boston. Well, as a neutral fan, I would love that. I don't know how you would feel as a Boston fan watching it go down to the wire like that, but I would love that. Well, I would have had to have witnessed three probably ridiculous Giannis performances, which as a fan of any team, when you see Giannis just do that Euro step down the court, incredible, some helpless defender fall to the ground and then some blocking foul, (laughs) there's nothing you can do. That spin that he does down there too. It's just so fast. And then he'll, he'll probably get some crazy block the other way. Yeah. He'll play like 45 minutes. He won't look tired. He'll be high-fiving everyone. <laughs> He's a great teammate. Yeah. There are a few things that feel worse as a fan. <laughs> um, Grizzlies, off, uh, Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins instilled in a lot of confidence and has really gelled with that young core. Yep. Bonnie Williams is a guy who's experienced and he's um, instilled that in a group of young guys that hadn't accomplished anything and has gotten them to play like they have accomplished things, which some people might say that's a bad thing in terms of acting like you've done something when you haven't. Yeah. I'd say the best record in franchise history this year. Um, they made it to the NBA Finals last year, had a 2 0 lead. Granted, they then blew that 2 0 lead, but they had a 2 0 lead in the finals. Yeah. Not a lot of teams really can say that's the case. And I think that a lot of people think that sweeps in the first round are like given. Um, I mean, I do think that the Suns should have put away the Pelicans earlier, but I probably, think a lot yeah, of probably the, one of those games shouldn't have gone away to the Pelicans. Yeah, I think a lot of the Pelicans' record comes from the pre-CJ trade, though. Like they've been, they've been great ever since that trade, and um, yeah, I mean the Suns. They're a 65-win team. I think they should win that. Should have won that series earlier, but and they're through now. So it's a similar thing. Again, this is not a Celtics podcast. They just are really relevant right now yeah. to talk about. But they had 51 wins on the year. They yeah. do not play like a 51 team. 51 yeah. win team. They play like they won 60 games and and have handled business throughout the year. Yep. So we. There's really not a lot of precedent on 
sacrificing talent to bring in a really high level player and then succeeding. Um, the ones I could come up with were either um, had were all, they were all basically Hall of Fame top like fifteen players all time that have done it. Uh, the Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, South Beach, Miami, LeBron led Heat did mm-hmm. it. They had a lot of great role players though, and they were able to bring in Bosh and LeBron in the cap space because basically they had Wade and no one else. But they had Chris Battier as a, a like a four that could stretch the floor. Mike Miller is mm-hmm. a great three point shooter. They had a, a young Mario Chalmers who was an asset. They had Chris Birdman Anderson. I love Birdman. Grizzlies legend. Oh, Grizzlies. I believe. I believe. I believe he actually played for the Vancouver Grizzlies for a brief spell. And then they brought in Ray Allen. Um, what a team. After he was, the time was done in Boston. But they had a lot of, those are great role players yeah. in terms of building a championship team. And they had that around a group of three stars. Look in Boston with uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. They sacrificed a lot to bring in Garnett. Um, the Al Jefferson being being a big one. Wally Serbiak as well. And Gerald Green. Mm-hmm. And then Ray Allen. They, they sacrificed top five pick in 2007 draft. They won it. They obviously probably would not have traded it. If that went number two, they would have drafted Kevin Durant. This would be a very different podcast probably. Mm-hmm. Just imagine, by the way. But they also had good role players, partially because they wanted to play with that great group, but they had some good picks. Kendrick Perkins, Rajon Rondo were young players, and they also had some, or uh, Tony Allen as well, young Tony Allen, pre-Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And then you also had uh, P.J. Brown, uh, Sam Cassell, Leon Poe, uh, just Eddie House, guys that are great in their roles um, and were committed to winning. Sure. It just does not happen often. Where, yeah. where you can bring in a guy. Uh, and we're going to bring back to the Pau Gasol reference earlier. Pau Gasol traded from the Grizzlies. I don't know why. Grizzlies are coming up every, literally every, every conversation. Love the Grizz. Brother Bear, come on okay. the pod. I'm going to make it happen. I, I, I hope you will too. Yeah, we can collab with them. Collab with uh, Grind City Media. Maybe you can Let's get Chris Vernon on the show. Shout out Chris Vernon. A pal brought in play with Kobe. Kobe, I mean, we. Can, I'm not going to do the top ten list because I can probably do it off the top of my head, but I have to. Mm-hmm. There's a little comparison here that yeah. I need to do. Kobe is probably a top ten guy. Some mm-hmm. people are going to be really mad at that. Yeah. Kobe's <laughs> the top, best player ever. Yeah. You can. Good for you. Go ahead. Keep thinking that. He's not probably. Drop the hot take. Yep. Oh, Kobe's not not the best yeah. player ever. Yeah, really. <laughs> Going out on a limb here. Well, they brought in Powell, and then that was their one-two combo, but they had a lot of other great players around them. Ron Artest, uh, young Andrew Bynum. They had they had still had Derek Fisher. Mm-hmm. And they were able to to build around those guys and, and to keep winning. It doesn't happen often where you can sacrifice to bring in a top guy. And then you can still have enough pieces around them that yeah. are conducive towards winning. This is not in the show notes, but I'm just curious. What do you think is that next team that will take it like in a Bucks-esque way? 
that has the young pieces. Maybe they don't have the young pieces yet. Maybe they're still draft picks. But we'll turn all that young talent maybe into a proven guy and some other great surrounding pieces to win a championship. Do you Ooh. think it could be the Pelicans? Are we thinking even longer term? We're looking at, I don't know, the Thunder, whatever the hell the Thunder are doing. I don't understand the Thunder. Uh, I don't know what the Thunder are doing either. But I don't think they do either. Shout out to Sam Presti, though. Presti would be the guy who would. Mm. Maybe the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies would be one that would make sense. Yeah. Um, it is incredibly hard to win based around a point guard. You have to be very transcendent for that to be the case. But, you know, Ja mm. could be that guy. It's also thinking about, like, the Raptors. I know they... Um, they're not particularly young, but they have a lot of good depth um, players that are on the younger side as well. I think they just need to make one trade. Like they need one, one more guy. Like something, I, someone I think of is Bradley Beal. I Does think... he fit in that system though? Because they prioritize a lot of length and defensive versatility. I would not describe Bradley Beal as defensive. I don't know if he would. I think it would be good for him. I think that setup is what he would flourish at. A lot of wing defenders. Um, and I, I I think the main point, the main reason why I thought of Beal in that system was just because the Raptors struggled in that half-court offense. Um, Van Vliet is good, but um, he can be off the mark at times. And I think... You can if be a lot for a smaller guard. Yeah, I think if they have someone like Beal that can alleviate um, those duties uh, and that can create his own shot in that half-court setup, I think he would be a good fit. As for, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think about, let's say, DeJounte Murray? Bigger guard, he'd certainly fit in with the length and the defensive versatility that the Raptors crave. Mm-hmm. But... I think Spurs fans would be having real flashbacks of doing another big trade <laughs> with their yeah. Raptors. Kawhi 2.0. Yeah, well, a little different. <laughs> Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, Dezante uh, Murray. Um, One thing with some of these um, trades that where you're able to get that top guy and you're still able to compete is because they're signed directly into cap space. So you're able to bring them in without sacrificing those assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that will probably not happen as much moving forward because teams are getting more and more creative to deal with cap space in order to bring in guys that want to come. And a lot of that's coming with sign and trade. It's sort of the sign and trade revolution these last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, seeing Jimmy Butler come into Miami, they didn't have cap space. They sent out Josh Richardson. Um, Kemba Walker wanted to come to Boston. They didn't have cap space. They sent out Terry Rozier in sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Durant wanted to come to Brooklyn. They did have cap space, but he, he wanted to help the Warriors out. They sent D'Angelo Russell back to Golden State. Right. Russell was yeah. flipped to Minnesota into Andrew Wiggins and the pick that became Jonathan Kaminga. So they mm-hmm. basically got those two guys who are great contributors for now and moving forward, essentially just because Kevin Durant is paying them a favor. So I don't think it's going to happen a lot more, some of this mm-hmm. unprecedented stuff with going into cap space. Yeah. Um, it can happen. Um, again, something we've seen in football is teams will 
sort of crave max cap space and then they won't really do anything with it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Colts is what comes to mind. They have a lot of cap space. They never really make the big splashy move. A little different thing with roster construction of football, obviously. But this makes me wonder a team like the Detroit Pistons who are taking the longer approach in terms of roster building and they'll have near max space. Will they bring in a Jalen Brunson or are they they're keeping their eyes out for bigger fish? I just don't know why the Pistons give so many minutes to Corey Joseph. I'm not a Corey Joseph hater, but they just play him so many unnecessary minutes. Well, are you a Killian Hayes fan? I, I guess I would prefer Corey Joseph to Killian Hayes, but still. You would think I, they're, they're, they're not going to win games, so why won't you give the young guys minutes and see what you have, right? Yeah. While that will depend on the draft lottery, what pick the Pistons end up with, and if they want to go in in what direction at the top of the draft, if they want to mm -hmm. go Jay Nivey, Apollo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith. Um, it'll be very interesting. We will cover the draft lottery whenever that comes, maybe try to make predictions. I don't think we'll do a, a, a full mock draft because I don't, I don't know enough about college basketball, but we might bring yeah. in some correspondents that know more than me mm -hmm. to help us out there. Um, I believe that should be coming up relatively soon, the lottery. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. A lot of picks um, that have changed hands due to trades mm -hmm. and, and whatever. So sorry for that to come. I think that's really all we've got for tonight. Interested to see what memphis and minnesota will what's the prediction what's the prediction what <clears throat> so we're back in minnesota back yeah. in the target center after a, a sort of demoralizing loss in that last minute layup for jaw not to mention the the dunk right around the world yeah. by jaw um i think memphis takes care of business here mm. i think they they're the more talented team and they have a little confidence coming off that win, and they'll finally take care of business. Do you, do you think likewise, or do you believe in the target center and the impact the T-Bowl fans can bring? I'll, I'll also take the Grizzlies. Uh, I, Jaw, I mean, when you look at the box score, Jaw hasn't been great. Um, but if you watch the games, he also hasn't been phenomenal, but he's not doing what he did in the regular season. I just think he needs to do more than just – it's painful to watch him just try to slash in the paint, I think. Especially when he flies through the air and he lands on his <laughs> knees. Yeah, yeah, Derrick Rose flashbacks a little bit. Yeah. I just wince every time he does that. But I, I, I think he's got to do a bit more as the leader to that team. Um, and I think they'll come out tonight. I think Bain's going to come out firing. He's been great. A little Not afraid game, of the big but... moment either. Uh, brother bear brother bear i think brother bear will lay it to the wolves tonight Hopefully. you know bear is better than wolves right you'd think sure rip through those wolves and uh um, quick shout out to brandon clark i think he's done a great job in steven adams absence playing those minutes being dynamic both ends of the floor rim running he, shot blocking. Uh, he's a winning he's player he's a real nose for the ball he's a guy who coming into this year and early on this year, his role was a little muddied with, mm -hmm. obviously, you play bigger with, with Triple J and, and Steven Adams. 
And then so you also like have that. you have slow mo, and you have Xavier Tillman. Yep. Um, He's been putting some good minutes. Old, Clark was sort of in a weird, ambiguous role as a sort yeah. of tweener between a three and a four. I mean, we saw his rookie year. He's a gamer. Uh, he knows how to play well. He knows how to win games, and and just how to fit in really between the lines of these bigger stars and these bigger pieces for Memphis. And it's helping them win games. And yeah. when you come playoff time, it's valuable. The depth that Memphis has is mm-hmm. partially why they are, or why yeah, why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. Why they are where they are. Um, so you think that pushes them over the edge tonight? Yeah, I think they'll take it tonight. Especially if Cat drops a line in the middle of the game, something like we in Minnesota now, I think that'll push. He's so corny. (laughs) He's like he's a nice guy. Yeah. And and then he starts talking trash. I think Draymond Green said that he needs to just quit the act because it's not. Just put his head down. Just a nice guy. Just go to work. Just do your thing. Finish out the game. I think he's trying to be the guy for Minnesota, which he is the guy. But I think he just needs to show up and, and get his. Yeah. If he can get his let his game do the talking. And and not his mouth. Um, he has a weird voice too. Have you heard of yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's not what I would have expected from him, but No. He has a higher pitched voice and then there's a post game interview where, where he like lowered his voice to act all <laughs> tough and I was like, What the where did that come from? Come on, cat. I mean sure. Perfect nickname, cat. Yeah. It's not even a nickname, it's just his initials. Who is the who is the shout out to? Is it the cat? Yeah, I was gonna ask Cat to come out on the pod once they get eliminated tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll come on anymore. Especially after I just said he talked weird before going <laughs> on to a podcast. That's the only thing holding him back though. Literally yeah. uh, only reason he wouldn't come on. We'll bring on Brother Bear instead. Yeah, I like Brother Bear instead, you know. That's all we got. Um, Dan, do you have anything to plug as we wrap up here? No, but uh, you guys should check out the Instagram. We're doing a lot of work. A lot of good TikToks made by uh, Peter. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Just be on the lookout. Yeah, again, at seven seconds or more, that's the number spelled out. S-E-V-E-N. Second. Um, yeah, and so, you know, we'll we'll do live story stuff during a game. We'll break down a film and, and player personnel and what that means, A, in the moment, and B, in the larger scheme of, of, of teams, and also, you know, fun stuff uh, in between the games. So whether that's, um, you know, broader content, updates on news, um, Ben Simmons memes, we, we've got it all covered. <laughs> Again, uh, the link to that is in the description of this and all episodes. So once again, I'd like to thank Dan for coming on. Thank you for having me. He's, uh, again, a reincurring guest here, and I'm sure he'll be back on soon. Uh, So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you when we see you.
I know. I thought it was Freeman too. And then, they, and then you know, shout out Bogdanovich. Oh, that miss was. He had what he sent Spencer Dinwiddie completely out of the picture. That fake, and then just bricked it. He he was sending he sent Rudy Gobert packing on that shot. I also did I did um, yeah I, I did the the trick you were talking about when when Phoenix was a plus money oh, line yeah. I bet them at plus one oh two yeah the live bets are good especially for the favorites I've just been live betting on the favorites whenever they're down like ten or something yeah I got I got plus one oh two on Phoenix and so bang that was easy it's good money I know yeah. I had no doubt. <laughs> I thought they were too good. I, yeah. I didn't think New Orleans had enough magic to keep it going. Yeah, they weren't. The, the Suns weren't playing as well as they have been this season, so there was definitely room for them to come up from that. 